Aren't we blessed to have a wonderful worship team who can minister to us the Word of God? Amen. And who can lead us into the presence of God. And um, so we are very, very blessed, church. Amen. You're excited? Great. We're talking about influence. That's the series. Talking about influence and... uh, Sorry, that's not the title, but that's my first point. Thank you for the, making the slide. That's very nice. Thank you. Uh, we're talking about influence, and um, Cara, Pastor Cara started it off, and we're looking at it in the book of Ruth, and how there are three main characters in the book of Ruth. There's Naomi, there is Ruth, and there's Boaz. And Naomi is the mother-in-law of Ruth, and Ruth serves Naomi, and then she marries Boaz, and together with Boaz, she has a son. Now, it's amazing how God brings provision in the midst of famine. It's amazing how God restores Naomi and Ruth in the midst of death and pain. It's amazing how God takes a woman in those days, in those days a woman didn't have much to say or wasn't valued that much. And how God used a couple of women to actually put them into eternity so that you and I today are talking about Ruth and Naomi. How someone faithful committed to their mother-in-law and serves a mother-in-law and God opens doors because he's seen Ruth's faithfulness over her mother-in-law. It's a fascinating book. Even in the midst of pain because Naomi loses her husband Elimelech. In 10 years time, in the span of 10 years, she loses her son Kilion and Mahalon. Two sons gone. Her husband's gone, dead. So she returns back from Moab to her homeland. And when people recognize her and said, hey, isn't this Naomi? And she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Mara means bitterness. And Naomi means, the Hebrew meaning of Naomi means pleasant. And here God is seeing a pleasant, but she sees herself, not only sees, she's labeling herself as pain, or sorry, as bitterness. Even, uh, it, it, it does, to God, it doesn't matter how you see yourself, because the way He sees you as His son and daughter. And the reason why God has made a way for us to become the children of God is so that we can have salvation and a lot of Christians believe salvation is the end of their journey but can I tell you it's not the end of your journey it's the beginning of your journey. Why? Because the minute you accept Jesus you no longer live for yourself you live for Jesus Christ. You live for Him so that God can use those giftings He's placed in your life. God can use the calling He's placed on your life so He can influence through you. Wake up. 
So he can influence through you. You who think you got nothing to offer. You who think you got nothing to give out. You who think you are not probably qualified. Maybe you're not educated. Maybe you're not well, uh, 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 you can't speak eloquently. That doesn't matter. God saved you for his glory. God saved you for you to extend his kingdom here on earth. Otherwise, he might as well kill you and I. The minute we say, Lord Jesus, we give our hearts to you, we drop dead. He has a plan and a purpose in your life and my life. And the key thing is influence. God wants you to be influenced by the eternal word of God. Amen. Because it's the principles of the word that changes our character. And living out the word as you express, expression church, as you express the word, as you live out the word, now as he influences you, you begin to influence other people around you. And that's what Ruth did. And we talked last week how you can influence people even in your pain. Hello? You know, we think, oh, if I have a certain qualification, if I have a certain office, if I have a certain amount of cash, if I can wear a certain type of clothes to fit into the group, if I have a certain amount, what you, you already have everything. The Bible says in Ephesians, He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. So you are already equipped to influence. You don't need anything else. The world teaches us. See, influence, biblical influence and God, uh, sorry, worldly influence are two different things. The world teaches us for you to influence, you need to possess something. You've got to have a status in the society. You have to be a CEO. You have to have some education, some form, something to show off before you can influence. But the world, the word of God says if you have Jesus in you and if you live a gospel-centric life, you begin to influence people. Amen. So that's what we're talking about. And influence today, my topic is influence for eternity. Because our influence can be for eternity. If you lead someone to the Lord, what happens? Their eternal, on the, on their path of eternal damnation has changed into a path of eternal life. Amen. So you and I don't care how you look like. Whether you have gray hair, gray beard. Thank you everybody that's been commenting on my wisdom. I do have wisdom. You know, whether you look brown, black, yellow, green, white, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you do this, whether you eat with your fingers, you eat with chopsticks, it doesn't matter. If you are a son of God, you are ready to influence others. Your influence can echo for eternity. Amen. I got that sentence from Gladiator. You know, uh, what's his name? Mel, Mel Gibson? No. Russell Crowe. He says, you know, um, it, it, what we do today echoes for eternity. That's what he said. That's a, that's a powerful word. What we do today 
echoes for eternity. What you and I do today will echo for eternity. Amen. Bonjour. That means hello. Yeah. So what you do today, it calls for eternity. Your influence, you are influenced for eternity. What Ruth did to Naomi, and now today in 2019, on on May 26th, we are talking about Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. Why? Because it echoes through eternity. Now how many of you can say or remember the name of the person that led you to the Lord? Yeah? Yeah? Chris, what, your mom, what's her name? Annie. Annie. There you go. Ian, who was an elder in the church. Who else lifted their hand up? Yes, Murray. Your pastor, sorry? Milton. There you go. Yes. Anthony. There you go. Yes, Sarah. Fidelia. There you go. So you have people you, who have influenced you and you always remember their names and see because they influenced you, you, the course of your life has changed from eternal damnation to eternal life. Can you think about that? Your influence today, you can influence either the bad way or the good way. You can choose today to be Amara, live in bitterness, or choose to be a Naomi, and live a pleasant life. Because you influence anyway. If, you are, if you're a bad spirit, you influence bad things. But if you're a good spirit, you influence good things. Amen. So your influ- your, God's called you to influence for eternity. We are worried about our 80 years of our life, good life, good... Uh, this is all good. Please don't get me wrong. It's important to put a plan. It's important to have a healthy life. It's important to plan your retirement. It's important to plan your education. These are very, very important. But they're not as important as eternity in the sight of God. They are not. They are not. Because you can die when you're two hours old... Like our knees that died, Don preached, Pastor Don preached a while ago, my knees who lived for two hours. Or you can die living up to 83, 89. We don't know. But God's called you to influence for eternity. And I want to, Ephesians, I don't have the scripture on the screen, but I was quickened this morning to turn you to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7 to 10. If you have your Bible apps, please I'm reading this from the uh, message version. If you're taking notes, write it down. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7 to 10. I'll read this out to you. Ephesians chapter 7, verse 7 to 10. Chapter 2, sorry. Verse 7 to 10, reading from the message version. Now God has us where He wants us. Isn't that funny? I'm not alone. God has you where He wants you. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Jesus Christ. Saving us all is his idea and all his work. All we do do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role here. If we did, we would probably go around bragging 
that we, we've, we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join in Him in the work He does, the good work He has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. So God saved you for good works. God saved you not so you can sit down and leave a print on the seat. God saved you to do good works. God didn't save you for 9 to 5 job to make money alone. But God saved you to change someone's life. Tom was talking about invite someone. There is power in the gospel. Go influence someone. You might not think you can't be influential. You are influential. Why? Because the spirit of God lives within you. Amen. So go and influence someone. Your, jo- your role is not just to make babies and bring babies up. Your role is not just to bring bre- bacon home. Your role is not, these are important, but we are missing the big picture. We are missing the major, major picture. Why he created you and I is so that we can influence people for eternity. Whether in pain, whether in joy, whether in lack, whether in plenty, He has called you to influence people around you. Your workplace, at your workplace, wherever you are, at uni or whatever you're doing, make sure you're influencing people. So I've got four points for you this morning. My first point is a purposeful influence. And my second point is a fragrant influence. My third point is a courageous influence. And my fourth point is a faithful influence. All from the book of Ruth, from the story of Ruth. So the first one is a purposeful influence. Part of influencing for eternity, you've got to be purposeful. Amen. Somebody say amen. Thank you very much. Ruth 1, 16. We, this is like the key verse. People use it at weddings and all that. Ruth 1, 16. New Living Translation says, But Ruth replied, This is when Naomi rejects Ruth. I said it last week. Often when we are grieving, when we are in pain, when we are grumpy, we reject the ones we love. Hello? And so Naomi rejects Ruth, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Come on. Isn't that good? I mean, it's a mother-in-law. She had a choice. Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. She's not talking to God. She's talking to people, to a mother-in-law. Have you ever told your friend, if he's pushing you out, you said, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. I'm committed for your well-being. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to push through to break that hard-heartedness and let God work in your life.
I love it. Don't ask me to leave you to turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. I love that. I love that not only your people will be my people, but your God will be my God. That means if I am marrying you, I marry your family. I don't want just you and not your family. If you choose a spouse, you don't have a choice with your in-laws. I'm not, they're kind people, don't get me wrong. But I'm just, this is all, the whole Ruth is book in-laws. But you don't have a choice, you, you get them, amen? I got really, to be honest, I have to say, I got really blessed with godly in-laws. I am very blessed. I am very blessed. Yes, my mother-in-law needs prayer, time to time. <laughs> so what? I'm just kidding. But she will listen to it. Now she will listen to it. Of course, this is better than me one day asking to stone her, remember? Yeah. So what Ruth is saying is don't reject me. I want to be part of your life. You see, that's important because be part of something bigger than yourself. Be part of something that, is, that needs much more uh, than just your own little issues. You've got to be committed to something more than yourself. The other thing is be part of a solution and not a problem. In spite of your circumstances. Be part of a solution. Not a problem. Because, you know, pain is dangerous because pain, if it's not handled well, you can gather people all that are hurting and have a pity party around you. That's why in the Old Testament, all the lepers were kicked out from the community. That's another story. But what I'm trying to say is be part of a solution in spite of your own circumstances. Just like Ruth was part of a solution in spite of... Do you know Ruth lost her husband? Okay, Naomi was a bit old now. Ruth is young. She could go get married and have plenty more children and live on family benefits. Whatever social services they had in those days. But she chose to follow her mother-in-law. Be part of something bigger than you. Be part of a solution, not a problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, be part of a solution and not a problem. And I was saying, when you're connected, you're connected with spirit to spirit. The spirit to spirit connection is very important. It's purposeful. Spirit to spirit is very important connection. Because that transcends physical and emotional attraction. I talked about marriage. It transcends physical and emotional attraction. And it transcends calling a spirit. Kara and I are called for this church. It's a spirit connection for us. It's not about circumstances. It's not about wage package. It's not about what's happening. We are spiritually spiritual. Our spirits are connected to this place, to this church. Not just the build, not the buildings, but you people. So our spirits, so it doesn't matter what we go through. We go through a lot of stuff, but we rise up. Why? Our spirits are connected with your spirit. I have a good friend of mine who is 50 years older than me. Age is not the issue, but our spirits are connected. He's 50 years older than me. But 
our spirits are connected. It's a spirit-to-spirit connection. Amen. I love it in Ruth 2, 1, 5, 1 to 5, she says, now there, was, now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's, Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest field to pick up the stalk of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. I love that. See, she's not just sitting there. She's not just sitting there pity partying with her mother-in-law, but she's being purposeful and she's saying, you can sit there. Let me go and get something for us to eat. She's influencing even in her pain and saying, let me go do something. You know, work out how you can support someone. Work out how you can influence someone in your famine. Work out how you can influence someone in your famine. I love it, her spirit. She said, let me go out into the harvest field and pick up something so that we can eat together. How many of you proactively trying to look for resolutions and solutions in the midst of your pain? In the midst of your sorrow? In the midst of your shortcomings? In the midst of your lack? In the midst of your famine? We stub our toe to the chair and we sit there and we cry as if the whole world has fallen apart. We are spirit people. Amen. Influence starts in the place of your famine. Influence starts in the place of your famine. You can influence people right where you are. Right where you are. That's why we are influencing those five pastors in India. You might think, what can we influence? We have a lot to influence. Thank you, those three people that went, hmm. The rest are all wandering. Maybe you're sleeping. We have a lot. God has blessed us with a lot. Amen. You and I can influence not just our church, not just our community, but our, our world. So I want us to think big. Because what we do today will echo into eternity. Good old gladiator. So what we're doing today, your sacrificial giving, you're not doing, can I just say about finances, I don't care about how much you give and whether you give or not, but I want to tell you, if you want to walk in God's blessings, you better obey God. And give. Because you're not doing anyone a favor, you're doing yourself a favor by walking in obedience to God. So I'm not ever going to go, give me, give me, give me. It's not my problem, it's between you and God. He's watching you. Can, can I also say, you can never outgive God. You can never outgive. You might give $1,000. You might think you've done a favor. You're wrong. You can never outgive God. He's given His life for you. Now He doesn't want you to die. He wants you to live it out for Him. So she goes out. So choose to serve. You know, choose to serve someone that's hurting. Invite someone to church. Because God, there are people out there who are struggling. Invite someone to church. Pray about it. Who you can invite someone to church. So Naomi replies in verse 2. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain 
behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. I love God's orchestration. How he orchestrates, it's amazing. I mean, who in the world would have thought she would land up in Boaz's field? Who happens to be number one wealthy, number two related to Elimelech. Wow! And I was thinking about this. I am so glad Ruth chose to go somewhere and pick some food. She wasn't a gold digger. (laughs) She wasn't looking for money. But she just wanted to go somewhere and get some food. But it so happens that it's Boaz's farm. God knows what he's doing. He's a sovereign God. You might be facing death or feel like you experienced death. Can I tell you, God knows what he's doing. He's a sovereign God. Amen. And so God has a purpose. He's influencing. Verse 4. While she was there, Boaz arrived for Bethlehem, from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord be with you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman. Isn't that wonderful? Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there who does, who does she belong to? All of a sudden, he notices her. Verse 7, she asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since. Do your part. She has been hard at work ever since. Do your part and the Lord will do the rest. Do your part. Purposeful influence is you do your part. Don't worry about what others are doing. If God's blessed you to play guitar, now make sure you live a holy life and offer your gifts to God. If God has given you a beautiful smile to hug people, to influence people in the bus, to invite people to Jesus Christ, you go for it. Let no man stop you. Let nothing stop you. Why? You are doing your part because you don't know the people that you talk to in the bus, God might lead them to himself and they are saved for eternity. You don't know. And I'm talking about Paulina who shared a testimony last week. So share the gospel. She's sharing the gospel in buses. Praise God for Paulina. Thank you, Chris. So do your part. Except for a few minutes, rest in the shelter. Verse 8, Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter Ruth, Hickton, hello, Boaz went over to and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go any other, to any other fields. Stay right behind the young woman working in the field. And he said, Look at the favor of God over our life. Verse 10, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I am only a foreigner. Don't disqualify yourself. And verse 11 he says, Yes, I know, Boaz replied, 
but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law. Can I pause there? I also know everything you have done for your mother-in-law. Not only was Naomi influenced, but even Boaz is getting influenced. So your actions, you don't know how many people will be influenced by your actions. Amen. Not only does Naomi, but even Boaz knows that he Look at his words. He said, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law. Since the death of your husband. Isn't that wonderful? You see, when you are faithful, when you're purposefully influencing people, you don't know who you influence, but you're influencing people. Hallelujah. Amen. So you might not realize you're influencing someone. You don't know if you're hugging someone like this, you're influencing someone else. You don't know if you're smiling at someone, you're influencing someone else. Make our lives, we constantly influence people. And if you are falling asleep, you're influencing me. (laughs) So, isn't that wonderful? Boaz was influenced by Ruth's commitment to Naomi. And he said, I have heard... How you left your father and mother and you own your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. That's why I say, when, see, when Kara and I serve you, we're not doing you a favor. I'm not doing you a favor by pastoring you. I'm doing myself a favor by fulfilling the call of God on my life. In the process, I'm glad you like us. Oh, well, some of you, you know, you like us. Some find me pretty hard, but God be with you. Uh, you're supposed to laugh. If you're quiet, that means that's serious. That's real. Thanks, Rupert. Okay, but we're doing ourselves a favor by serving you spiritually. Why? Because we're fulfilling the call of God on our lives. All right. Point two, a fragrant influence. I'll put it a fragrant influence because let's jump to Ruth 3.3. Now do as I tell you. Now Naomi instructs Ruth to, to look pretty, to smell pretty. Okay, now do as I tell you. This is Naomi telling Ruth, take a bath. Man, we need a bath. We need the word of God to wash over us. We need the word of God to wash the filth that's in our mind sometimes. Take a bath. Put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Now for a man... Food is important. It's biblical. So if you want to talk to your husbands, feed them well. Just a tip. It's a biblical tip. King is saying yes. Tony, amen. Amen. He knows. Amen. Amen. There you go. Where am I? Help me, Lord. Okay. Take a bath, put on a perfume, and dress in your nicest clothes. Sometimes, see, the Bible says that 
that in Leviticus it says that when they offered the sacrifice and the bird offering and all the offering and pulling all the entrails and putting before on the fire and when the Lord fire consumed that offering the smoke went up and it says it was a sweet aroma to the nostrils of God. So my question to you is how is your spiritual smell smell today? How do you smell spiritually? I smell good. Who wants to? <laughs> James, please. Maybe your father-in-law, he was speaking on me about the Indian cricket. Now, put on. Do you know spiritually we stink? Oh, you're quiet now. Spiritually we stink sometimes. And we raise a hallelujah. As soon as we walk out, we bicker, we moan, we complain, and we go to the same old bad habits. Spiritually, can I ask you, how do you smell spiritually today? Are you a fragrant offering unto God? Romans 12 talks about that one. You'll be a living sacrifice unto God. Amen. It's your reasonable worship unto God. Be your living sacrifice. How are you smelling today to God? Colossians 3.12 says, Put on then as chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against other, for goodness sake forgive each other. Goodness sake was me. For goodness sake, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love. Hallelujah. Which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Colossians 3.12 says that. Put on spiritual clothes. Put on, not just on a Sunday morning, but your, your Monday, thank you, your Monday to your Saturday. Put on your spiritual clothes. Amen. Am I making sense this morning? You want to influence people for eternity? Put on the nature of Christ. Smell like a sweet aroma to the nostrils of God when you're sitting with someone and talking about someone else. Don't smell the world, smell God. The more you put on the nature of Christ, the more you become Christ. And you begin to smell and it is a sweet fragrance to the nostrils of God. Even the way you think last night, um, I was catching up with uh, uh, James, and um, James was priding himself, something he said, that um, Alex and his kids, I complimented their kids, I said, man, your kids are beautiful, the girls are beautiful, the boys are handsome, and James very kindly said, well, they take after me. <laughs> yeah, see that response, James? Even they don't believe it. And so, and so his son said, yeah, right, and he laughed. And I thought that was hilarious that even his son thinks that his father is wrong. 
So I kindly went to Alex, me being me, never, don't, I don't know when to stop. So I told Alex, I said, can you smell something burning, Alex? And he goes, no. I said, oh, I can smell it. It's your father's pride. <laughs> and so, so I want to say, what do you, your mind, what are you thinking? Because that can also, your fragrance to God. Are you with me this morning? You can be a fragrant influence. Put on love. Hey, Tom, I love you, man. Trish said, you're amazing. You've got a great smile. The t-shirt is a bit interesting there, Teddy. But anyway, it's got thrones there. Two thrones. Um, but praise people. Put on love and be a fragrant influence. Don't stink spiritually. Let not people avoid you, Renault. Oh my goodness, I don't want to hang out with Renault. All he speaks is rubbish. He stinks. <laughs> Toughen up, Renault. Come back. He's filling up water. So I'm asking you, your service, your sacrificial giving is a fragrant offering unto God. When you give to these Indian pastors, the vision offering we raise to these Indian pastors, what soon we're starting supporting them, is your giving and your offering yourself to God. God is pleased with you here in Auckland and it helps somewhere out in a village in India to those pastors who are in need. Isn't that wonderful? Can you think big like that? Can you think eternity like that? Instead of just worrying about our own bills, instead of worrying about our own clothing, our own food, God has blessed you enough. Can you think eternity? Can you think about blessing other people? Third one, a courageous influence. Ruth 3.5.7, it says, I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So when... So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he laid down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. This foreigner was asked to do something by her mother-in-law. It was out of her comfort zone, yet she went, dressed up nicely and slept by the feet of Boaz. There's a courageous influence. Your act of courage can influence someone else. You remember Esther when she presented herself before the king? And she had to go. And what did she do? She influenced the king. And the whole Jewish race was saved on that day. You don't know how you can influence people. Be courageous and don't operate out of fear. Sit in the bus, talk to someone. Courageous influence. I love Ruth's reply. I will do everything you say. Choose to surrender. Ruth was a foreigner in a different land. Didn't know how to do it, but she did it anyway. Choose to enter into other people's fear to influence them. Don't be polite. Don't give God excuses about your politeness. Go step into their sphere. Our obedience attracts God's favor and God's presence. And my last point is a faithful influence. 
I love this part in Ruth chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, may he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. Who is she talking about? Now Boaz and Ruth got married and Ruth, sorry, Ruth has a baby called, who was it? I forgot now. Obed, right? Yeah, Obed and Jesse and David. Thank you. So Ruth has a baby, Obed. Obed has a baby, Jesse. Jesse had a baby, David. And now Jesus comes into the same lineage. Isn't that wonderful? David's grandmother or great-grandmother, great-grandmother was Ruth. And Jesus comes from that same lineage. Because of what she did on that day, she was part of Jesus' lineage. You don't know how you can step into some sphere and God can use you to eternity, to, for eternity. You can influence for eternity. And I love this part. And they had a baby. But for he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better than Better to you than seven sons. Can I have the worship team, please? It says, been better than seven sons. I call that a faithful influence. It's not about you're a male or a female. Not about your color or your race. Are you faithfully serving God? Are you faithfully serving one another? Because your faithful influence can impact into eternity. I want to encourage you today, don't just think I can come to church and go, if you're not serving in the church, I want to ask you, get involved. We need people to serve at the dance. It's a great way to connect with the community with the dance school, with, mu- with the basketball. We want you to, if you got some time on a Friday, 6.30 to 7.30, come, give us a hand. I'm serious. Give us a hand. You don't know your conversation with some community mom can change her for eternity. Chris and Jeanette are moving on Friday. We need a hand. If you're free on Friday morning, come. Give me a hand. So we can give a hand. Why? You don't know how God can use your act of obedience now to bless and influence into eternity. Are you with me? You and I are called to influence for eternity. Don't focus on your problems and your shortcomings. Focus on the promise And the power of God that is in you. Can we stand to our feet? Can we sing a raise a hallelujah? And as you sing that, can you raise a hallelujah to God, the most high? And I want to encourage you, go get some boldness, get some courage and invite someone to church. There is never a right moment So as we sing raise a hallelujah, can you put that person before you as you sing for salvation on that person?
Can you put that healing before you as you sing? I raise a hallelujah. Because we want God to influence us so we can influence others.